I'm McKinley. And I'm Jenna. And this is Farming the Future, a Purdue Ag Week podcast. On this week's episode, we are discussing urban agriculture with Lori Hopeland. Lori is a professor of soil microbial ecology here at Purdue and teaches classes on urban agriculture and the plant microbiome. All right. Hi, Lori. Thanks for joining us today. Would you mind just telling us a bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. Um, So I am a professor and a soil scientist in the Department of Horticulture and Landscape Architecture here at Purdue University. Um, And as being a professor, I teach several classes, um, including an undergraduate course every fall focusing on urban agriculture. And so if anybody wants to take that, it's listed as SFS um, 312. Um, And then I also lead a large research program, um, really investigating ways to help local specialty crop producers, including urban farmers, overcome um, production challenges. For example, in a lot of urban agricultural systems, soils can be degraded. So I look for ways to remediate soils so that we can produce healthy crops on them. Awesome. So I honestly don't know much about what urban ag really entails. And so could you tell us kind of what sorts of practices and projects are involved in this and just maybe a general definition? Sure. Yeah. And I think the definition of urban agriculture sometimes varies depending on, um, you know, how you look at things. And so to me, I look at or kind of define urban agriculture as really any production of food being, you know, plants or animal products occurring within, you know, city limits and so or around the city is in peri-urban kind of systems. And so with, because I have such a broad definition, I think that can um, have a lot of different types of practices and things within that are different approaches. And so I look at everything from really intensive backyard gardens, community gardens, people that are, you know, focused more on producing food for themselves to larger operations that are growing for profit, um, you know, either on a plot of land or in unique environments. For example, I work with a lot of people that are, um, you know, converting old shipping containers and growing food in cities using hydroponic production systems where soils are limited. Um, and then also there's a lot of, you know, probably the majority of people I work with in the urban ag space are more educational or community development types of organizations where they're growing food, but really the purpose um, can be very different um, for, you know, lots of benefits and things. So it can be, yeah, very broad and encompass a lot of uh, production scenarios. That's very cool, especially as a way to kind of tie in your community and, you know, have service that way, but something that I really hadn't thought of like that. And so what are maybe some of the benefits of participating in urban ag practices? Yeah. So, you know, the obvious benefit, of course, is if you're growing food, you can um, have access to fresh and and local, you know, nutritious food. But um, really, in in a lot of the people I work with, there's, there's a lot more to that. And probably one of the biggest Um, suite of benefits, I'll say, is all the social benefits that urban agriculture can provide. So, 
And that can be everything from just, you know, getting out and meeting your community members and coming together to start some sort of urban agriculture organization. Um, there can also be within that, um, you know, ways to restore your neighborhood. Maybe there are blighted lots and, and things that are run down. And so urban agriculture can provide the social benefit of, you know, improving you know the the economic and the the visual aspects of your community in addition to just um, bringing it together and then you know within that as well the act of actually being out growing plants can be therapy for people um, that are suffering from a range of challenges and then I think some of the most um, you know inspiring urban ag operations to me are the ones that are focused around, you know, helping people develop job skills, like how to show up on work on time, how to take pride in what you do. So there's all sorts of social benefits um, that can come from urban ag systems. And then the other major thing to, you know, not forget is all the environmental benefits that urban agriculture systems can provide, um, especially when you're cleaning up degraded lots and improving the soil that can do all sorts of things like in improving water infiltration. So you're reducing runoff and, and reducing pressure on um, municipal waste facilities or, um, you know, it can help to, to cool the environment because in cities it's so hot with all of the cement and then even sequestering carbon. So there are ways to offset some, you know, carbon in the atmosphere. So lots of benefits. Yeah, and it kind of seems like these principles kind of tie in with other things that we've talked about. Like last week we talked about sustainability on this podcast and so it kind of ties in with that. You know, I can kind of see how it maybe ties in with like diversity and inclusion in agriculture with, you know, um, ending things like food apartheid and food deserts where people now have more access to nutritious food and, you know, locally grown food, which is really awesome. I think it's a very cool concept. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned the research program. You work with the specialty crop producers and just kind of tackling urban ag issues. Could you kind of give us an example of what you do like with one of the producers? Yeah, so for example, I have a project right now, um, actually with 18 farms across the state. We have farms in Gary, Indiana, Fort Wayne, Indianapolis, Lafayette, and um, Evansville. And so we're working with them. We've, we're collecting soil samples on areas they've um, been you know, started with and areas they've improved and looking at how they're meeting their goals. So are they you know, dealing with things like heavy metal contaminants that can negatively impact plant and human health? Are they um, able to meet um, their goals of suppressing pests? So we know there's a lot of pathogens and insect pests that can um, hurt crops and, and make farms not productive. And so we're investigating their practices, looking at how well they're doing, and then we're providing them feedback based on those test results of how they can better improve their soils um, to meet these challenges. And then also as a part of that project, we're hoping to build relationships across the state. So we'll be bringing all of those farmers together for a conference this summer here on campus where they can share what they've learned and share what's working for them, you know, how they're building markets or addressing things like food justice in their community um, and highlight different questions that they have. Awesome. I have a kind of a question here. So 
around here, you know, all of our farms and the lands really filled with corn, soybeans, wheat. What kind of crops are produced in urban agriculture systems? Yeah, there can be a range of a, of a lot of things. And that's what's so fun about it. I mean, generally, we don't see corn um, or soybeans, maybe a little bit of sweet corn and popcorn, but it, you know, lots of different vegetables can be grown in urban ag systems. And these can be, you know, vegetables that we know well, like carrots and tomato, but there are also a lot of, you know, immigrant communities that are engaged in urban agriculture. And so there's a lot of unique specialty vegetables that I have never, you know, seen or experienced that people are growing in these communities. So there's also, you know, a lot of more perennial crops, you know, some urban ag are in implementing things like apple trees or persimmons, things like that, other woody perennials. And then, you know, there's also livestock. So people that have backyard chickens like myself or larger, more um, focused animal operations around, you know, goats and making goat cheese and things or yeah, like that. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially because like, I just like the idea of, you know, agriculture is such a community and using it to you know, make a community elsewhere and to you know, really come together and do something that's good and to keep in touch with your culture, especially through food. And it, it's really cool. Um, and so I know I was kind of looking at your profile on the Purdue's website and I saw you kind of did some work in Colombia and with Peru. Um, what does urban ag mean to these countries outside of the United States, especially where they don't even have the space that we do with like thousand acre farms? Like, what does that look like there? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. And so, um, yeah, I had the opportunity to live in Colombia and work with a lot of farmers there, including urban farmers. And it was really illuminating. And it's in some ways, it's the same. They're doing kind of similar things, but it's also quite different. And one of the things in Colombia um, that is important to kind of think about from their context is a lot, there was a lot of people living in rural areas that were displaced because of armed conflict. And so they were forced to leave their homes and move to cities rapidly. So we, and you know, there's a lot of places in South America where cities have grown really fast because of this displacement. And so urban agriculture in a lot of those communities like Bogota and Medellin is, a, just a way to feed yourself as you've moved into a new community, but also as a means to preserve cultural traditions from the countryside where, you know, cities are so different and oftentimes because of the mountains, they're very distinct, their cultures. And so it's really important to bring, um, you know, those traditions and how they prepare food into those communities and a, and a good way for them to connect to when they get there with people um, within their communities. And then lastly is a, you know, a way to heal from some of that um, conflict that they've had to deal with. So lots of really um, inspiring things happening in Colombia. Um, and then you mentioned also, yeah, that I do work in Southern Peru. Um, and so there, my, my experiences have been a little bit different in that, um, you know, in Southern Peru where I work, it's a very arid environment. They get about, you know, 
oh gosh, you know, 10 centimeters of rain a year. So it looks very different than our environment. So the only place where you have water is like along these narrow rivers. And so cities and farms kind of collide and come together in those environments. And so people might not be creating an urban farm, you know, to meet community benefits, but it's just, they're there together because there's no place else to go. And so that brings a lot of advantages in terms of, you know, your foods produced locally, but it also brings tension and challenges and in, in trying to, you know, fight over these limited resources and protect communities in, in larger agricultural systems. Yeah, the dynamics are, it's always just interesting learning about, you know, dynamics between different people in different countries and how they relate to agriculture, especially because I'm actually going to Peru um, over spring break and it's with the College of Ag. So I actually get to learn about some of this stuff and agricultural practices there. So I'm super, super excited. That's great. You'll have a great time. The food in Peru is just amazing. And Colombia, you guys should both go there too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, so this next generation of agriculturists is really gonna be faced with feeding a growing population. And so what advice would you have for them in tackling that challenge? But also what role is urban agriculture going to play in that? Yeah, so, you know, I'm glad you asked that question. It's, you know, we have new challenges going forward because, you know, many things are, you know, I'm a soil scientist, so really are, I, you know, look at most agriculture is dependent on soils and anytime we start working soils, we're depleting those. And so we need to find ways to, you know, be able to produce food and at the same time build and maintain the health of our soils. And so it requires a bit of a different approach than just always kind of feeding our plants with nutrients. We need to be thinking about feeding soils as well as plants and, um, you know, ensuring that also we're the things that we're doing in agriculture aren't negatively impacting the environment around us because we know, our, you know, all of our resources are finite. And so those are some of the challenges I think we have moving forward. And definitely, yeah, urban agriculture will play a role in that. We know people, you know, not just in South America, but everywhere in the world are moving to cities. It's, you know, it's over 50% now and soon it's gonna be like 80% live in cities. And so as fossil fuels also run out, moving food from, you know, far places to local um, city centers is gonna be challenging. And so the more we can, you know, move food closer to cities will be beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned feeding the soil. So how can producers, not just in urban areas, but in rural areas do that? Yeah, so feeding the soil, that just, you know, means, um, so I'm actually a soil microbiologist. So there's a lot of organisms that live in soil. And so when we talk about feeding the soil, you know, it's feeding those organisms, but also doing things like rebuilding soil structure. So really, carbon is one of the you know most critical things that maintain soil health and anytime we start stirring soil putting plants in it we start burning up that carbon and so we need to restore that and so things like cover crops composts other things that build carbon back into the soil um, can feed the soil as well as all the microbes that live in soil and do lots of great things like suppress pathogens or cycle nutrients into forms that plants can use. Yeah. 
and carbon sequestration, I know, is kind of a huge buzzword right now in agriculture and, you know, carbon credits and all that. So, yep, yeah. <laughs> it's important cool stuff. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's very interesting. And so I think that was all the questions we had, but thank you so, so much for coming on here and talking to us. Um, I learned so much and it's something that I'm very excited to keep learning about as I, you know, as we go through this. Yeah, great. Thank you. It was nice to chat with you. Thanks again, Lori. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode of Farming the Future by Purdue Ag Week.